Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Banquet Hall Podcast. Uh, as always, is your host, Kyler Nathan, and I'm blessed to be joined by an old friend from high school. We go so far back. We're so old now. Like, I don't even, like, it's been, it's been 14 years since I met you. Oh, yeah. We graduated. We met in, like, 2009, right? Yeah, and it's 2023. It's crazy. Oh, my God. It's crazy to think. Yeah. I remember when we met. <laughs> We're we going to get there, though. We're going to get there for sure. Because I'm All curious right. what your story, I'm curious what your story is and if it lines up with what uh, I remember. But... Uh, Marilyn, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you, Kylie? I'm good. I've definitely been looking forward to this episode. Uh, literally in the middle of work, I was like, dang, I get to chop it up with the homie later. And that's what was carrying me through the afternoon part of my day. Uh, right before we started the episode, we were talking about the last time that we met up and that's been already probably like a year plus and time just time just keeps flying it's crazy how fast time flies i remember january and it feels like it was like a couple months ago but i'm like dude we're almost at the end of the year at this point it's crazy yeah it is crazy uh but the first question i always like to start my podcast episodes with Marilyn, where are you from and how did that shape who you have become slash who you're in the process of becoming Hmm. Where am I from? I am from Los Angeles, California. Um, I'm from a really interesting part of LA because it's pretty close to Gardena, but it's not Gardena. It's pretty close to like Inglewood, Hawthorne, but it's not that. It's kind of South Central, but not really. Mm -hmm. So I'm like this like really interesting part of LA that kind of like is like the border of all these different cities. Um, I, hmm, how did that shape me? I feel like being from LA, sorry, I'm getting thought. I feel like being from LA, I didn't grow up in the part of LA that I lived in. Like I grew, I was born there obviously, but mm -hmm. I grew up going to school in like the South Bay. And so I think that experience is a, a pretty different that, than a lot of people, a lot of people get. Um, um, the schools in my neighborhood weren't the greatest, as are a lot of public schools in LA. And so I was fortunate to go to private school. Um, <clears throat> and so that experience shaped me because growing up, I grew, I went to school with like a very diverse crowd, primarily like black kids, mm -hmm. which was great. I feel like I felt very confident in my blackness. I felt like you know, I didn't stick out in any way. Um, I had friends of all different ethnicities and races. And I just, I don't know, it was just a really dope experience growing up going to school in Gardena. But then I went to middle school in a primarily white area. And that experience was like a, a pretty big shock. Um, and I went to school in Redondo Beach and then high school. Kind of diverse. I kind of came back to hanging around more black people. And so all that to say, I think I really grew up valuing my blackness um and then just kind of like as I grew up going to college I kind of started to value more of my ethnic background my Ethiopian background I didn't get to experience that or really be proud of that growing up and so I don't know I feel like LA is like a hub of different races and ethnicities and cultures but um depending on what part what pocket of LA you're in 
you mm-hmm. see a completely different experience. And I, I that's how I grew up. Um, yeah, that was a long answer, but I think that kind of got to it. Oh, no, I feel like long answers where you get the most info about who people are. So I think that's perfect. Does your address say Los Angeles for the city? Like, address? It does. It does. I'm, I'm a, I'm an LA girl. <laughs> I know 047, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to send my zip code. Y'all not going to find my parents. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I grew up in LA, but the thing is, I don't like saying that because a lot of times when you say you like your address LA, like people assume that you're in like downtown yeah like i was really gardena ish there's a a sign that says welcome to gardena like a couple blocks (laughs) from my parents house so i'm like i might as well just say gardena so yeah it's it's definitely one of those interesting situations because i kind of have a similar situation when i went to college and people asked where i was from and i would say la they're like, oh no, like what city? I'm like, no, like my grandma's address says Los Angeles, same thing, 90047. Yeah. And it's like it's not downtown LA, but it's literally like Los Angeles. Yeah, um okay. there's just so many different facets to LA. And I think that you really nailed what it's like living in one part of the city and then going to school in a completely mm-hmm. different part. Like we both yeah. live not too far from each other, mm-hmm. both went to high school together. And yeah, it's just such a, it's a, such a dynamic experience. And you mentioned uh, being Ethiopian and that being part of your identity. As you were saying that, I was trying to think back and I feel like you were my first friend that really introduced me to like the African Black diaspora, just like meeting mm-hmm. someone whose family is from like a country in Africa. Mm-hmm. And so, because I think I remember it was either like a champagne party or something like y'all had Ethiopian food. Like that was my first time being introduced yeah. to like Ethiopian of course, food. My mom, my mom would do something like that, honestly. So like she couldn't help it. I'm sure she did. I don't remember that, but I'm sure she did. Sounds like her. Yeah. And so we mentioned high school. That's where we met. So now comes the part of the podcast where I get to hear. How, do you remember when we first crossed paths and what that first interaction was like? Okay. So I think the story that I always remember us telling, oh my God, it's so cringy, but it was just such a me thing to do when I was in high school. It was very weird. It was very goofy. Um, And so I'm pretty sure it was at Burger King. Uh And you had your, Kyler had a little mini fro and I was like, oh, can I touch your hair? And I'm like, oh, now I'm like, dude, why was I, why would I just go up to somebody and say something like that, right? But I did. And 14 years later, we're still here. And you didn't think I was weird. I have a lot of people who actually thought I was weird when they first met me. And then they were like, oh, she's just a little quirky. So I think that's how we first met, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think quirky (laughs) definitely describes the high school version of you that that first interaction because obviously like there's a lot of people at bishop trying to touch my afro and like in (laughs) retrospect it's really cringy to think back at like how many different people were like just voluntarily like putting a dirty ass hands in my afro you should have told me no i feel like you told me yes though i appreciate you me yes i feel like i told you no i'm not even gonna lie really i I don't know i didn't even know you i know but for some reason but it wasn't like a if you said no it wasn't like a no to the point to where I didn't want to like you know continue speaking to you so yeah I don't remember completely but I just remember that being the story so absolutely but like you said here we are 14 years later obviously it wasn't that 
weird of an interaction. Um, but you were also part of what I like to call the Bishop Morning Crew, like just yeah. a group of students who would get there like between 7, 7.15 in the morning. And we just wander in the hallways doing nothing for 45 minutes. <laughs> like literally just walking from hallway to hallway to hallway, cracking jokes, messing around because... I mean, for me, my dad had to get to work and he yep. was like, you know, he didn't want me taking the bus. And so he was like, I'm going to just drop you off and figure it out. You stay on campus. Don't do anything bad. But, you know, that's that was the story. So, yeah. Yeah. I But I feel like those are some of those fondest moments at Bishop that I remember because it was literally just whatever conversations we would have go get a breakfast burrito, eat some cookies at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> Crazy, just like sit outside by the lockers. You know what I mean? Talking about nothing, like nothing important. Nothing at all. Like, <laughs> And honestly, too, I was I was part of the morning crew, but I was part of the afternoon crew, too. Were you, were you yeah. around the afternoon as well, right? Some, I feel like some years I was there in the afternoon a little mm -hmm. bit because I remember like hanging out with y'all and then we might walk to like, we, I think when we got tired of Burger King, my walks like Jack in the Box or McDonald's, one yeah, of those too. Yeah. Just, just trying to kill time. Yeah. I, I feel like that's just what our youth was, just trying to kill time all the time. But mm -hmm. I really appreciate the friendships that I made in high school because I really feel like we had a pretty firm foundation with a lot of those friendships. And just mm -hmm. thinking back at like how often we would hang out with each other and we had especially thing like junior year we had that little lunch crew that would eat lunch like on the side of the locker rooms yeah, it's yeah. just like yeah we're black folks in high school we're surrounded by a bunch of like white catholic people and we we chilling and the thing was we weren't even doing anything bad like we were so innocent looking back at it because we had all the opportunity to go out there and like you know what i'm saying do god knows what you know <laughs> and we were really just like we just wanted to chill some days yep. we're just on the beach, just do puzzles, like you know what I mean? A, a whole lot of just wholesome friend <laughs> high school shit. Like I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And you also have the distinction, you and Marasia are as two of the first people I would like send poems to. Like I feel like y'all were a big reason why I blossomed as a writer at that point in my life because mm -hmm. I'll be writing like 2011, 2012, and then I want to share with people I would send y'all like poems in a group chat i think we even was like writing songs and whatnot like it was just a good like time and i really wish we could just hit the rewind button and, and go back to when it was no bills no nine to five we just chilling with a laptop recording a song and having a good time <laughs> man so yeah i i agree i think especially the last two years of college i mean of high school like when i finally got a car and like my parents actually let me out the house, you know? I feel like I really got to deepen my friendships and experience more life, and I do miss that. So I agree, yeah. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Jep, the the Jeep that got us all around Torrance. Oh, uh, have man. a number of memories and fun times in Jep. I'll never forget that Jeep. We gave that, we, we sold that recently, actually. It's kind of sad, but yeah. Memories of Jep. <laughs> Memories for sure. Uh, but of course, high school had to come to an end eventually. And we both went our separate ways to start college. Uh, for our listeners, where did you go to undergrad at? And what was your educational background in? Um, I went to Cal Poly Pomona in Pomona. Um, it's about 45 minutes, depending on where you're at, maybe like 40 minutes um, east. 
um, and I studied industrial engineering. Industrial engineering. And what made you want to be an engineer or study engineering? I didn't, honestly. <laughs> I, I didn't. Okay. I went to college like most high schoolers, maybe not all, but a lot, not knowing what I wanted to do, truthfully. Um, I still think I struggle with what I want to do with my life. Um, I knew that I was decent at math. I mean, I wasn't taking AP Calc, AB like you, you know what I'm saying? But I had my couple honors classes throughout the <laughs> years. And I was like, okay, um, my dad was an engineer, my mom's an accountant. And so when I went to college, um, like many of us first gens, our parents are very strict on like what we study. And so my mom was like, and my dad, where they were like, engineer? Honestly, they barely said doctor. They were like, mm, I don't think you're going to want to do all that schooling. I just know you. So engineer or something science related, maybe. But like, I didn't have too many options. And so I just went down a list. And I was like, uh, engineering technology? I didn't even know what that meant. I picked that um, for the first year. I took just like general engineering classes. And then I met, um, I got involved with like the black community, like the summer before I started, which was great. And I met a lot of other industrial engineering students, one of which was my year, uh, became a really good friend through college and then a senior. And they were like, oh, industrial engineering, you know, it's like engineering, but it's also like business. And so it's a good merger and they kind of um, sold it to me. And so about a year after um, I started, I, I transferred over to ID. And what was that experience like at Cal Poly Pomona? Like you mentioned, getting involved with the Black community. Uh, how would you compare like your experience in community in college versus what we had in high school? So I don't know if it's fair, only because I didn't get to do much in high school. My parents were kind of mm. really leash on me. I couldn't really experience much. And I feel like that held me back from really flourishing into the person I could have been. I feel like I was just really like in a bubble. And so mm. when I went to college, I had the time of my life, Kyler. Like I loved it so much. I had so much freedom. I felt like I could finally like be the person I wanted to be. Um, and then the summer before college started, I joined this program, Rise. It's like a week long, like an orientation, but for minority students, black and brown mostly. And um, that's where I met everyone that I would be starting the next year with. And that just made college so much fun. Like I, yeah. I feel like I learned so much more about what it means to be a black student. And I didn't go to a, a large, a, 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 like like most like most PWIs. The school I went to was probably three percent black, so it was a really small percentage. But we all found each other through this program, and um, I I just had so much fun. Like I constantly think about college. I miss it so much. Like, ah, yeah, I miss it, especially now where, you know, I don't have the close access to like, you know, black people like I did. I work in an environment where it's not many of us, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I miss that. Like, I think about it a lot. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think when you're in these college environments and you have very intentional community building, you're surrounded by the people that you interact with on a daily basis. It's hard. Like I also work in an environment where I'm not around like a lot of black people on a day to day basis or even like a lot of people my age. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to 
talk to people I went to college with or talk to people I went to high school with. Like, I think that's one thing I've really appreciated about doing podcasting is because it gives me an opportunity to reconnect with people and kind of fill in those gaps because I feel like you go to high school with somebody, you separate to go to college and you see mm-hmm. highlights on Instagram and maybe y'all catch up every now and then. But there's just so much growth that happens over that time frame that we just don't get to see because they're not interacting with each other on as frequent of a basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I grew apart from a lot of my friends in high school, if I'm being honest with you. There are a couple of people that I still keep in contact with, but um, there are those people where it's like, we might not talk as much. I feel like this is a relationship we have where it's like, we don't, we might not talk as often, but we do, it's like we pick right back up. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I mean, even through college, considering that we didn't see each other much I feel like I still because we were both involved with our like BSUs uh-huh. like, we see each other on occasion which was pretty cool I didn't I didn't get that experience with I don't think anybody else honestly that I went to that I was friends with in high school like, yeah um so that was that was pretty cool yeah I mean I wear that as a badge of honor I, I think that it helped that like you said we we're both involved I think there was like African Black Coalition conference that you went to that we were able to catch up at. And even thinking back to like the last couple of years, like one of my fondest memories over the last few years is when you and Marasia drove down to San Diego and we went to like the museum and got Thai food and just hung out, like you said, like old times and we just pick right back up. And I don't know what the synergy is, but I have a lot of very fulfilling friendships in my life from high school, from college. And yeah, it's always nice when you could just pick right back up even when I visited you and your uh, pet turtles not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, that turtle. But yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, I don't, there are a lot of people that I don't see that often from high school, but, and people that I've run into that it hasn't been the same, you know? So I, I mm-hmm. do the fact that like, we can still talk, you know, after a year maybe and but not feeling like, you know, got to build up to that comfortability again, so yes precisely um putting you on the spot with this next one and i'll totally edit it out if you can't think of an example but are there any random stories outside of like the story that we met that you remember that our listeners might enjoy whether something funny that happened something cool something interesting i think oh there oh god i think my favorite memory that i have with you well there's so many memories but when I had my car, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you're going to remember this, but um, I used to, and when you were living in Torrance, mm-hmm. well, I don't know if your dad still lives there, but um, I would scoop you and then it was in the summer and we would, I would drop you off at your grandma's house because it was right down the street from my place after summer school. And um, we used to hang out and Isaiah would be there. And the first time I had ever recorded anything ever in my life was with you. And it was really just on some spontaneous, like, I think y'all had recorded y'all song, which I'm not going to name, you know what I'm saying? But y'all had y'all song. Oh my God, that was hilarious, honestly. But it was it was a moment of time in high school. And then I think that's kind of how it started. Um, and I think that was probably one of my favorite moments because you kind of like made me realize like, oh wait, I can actually probably do this. Like I can maybe get into music. I don't know. Was, I always like to sing, so that was a great memory um let me think I think there was another memory that was kind of funny we were in my car and we were driving was it with you where my car would just stop in the middle of like an intersection 
Oh my God. <laughs> we would be driving, y'all. We'd be driving. And I had this 1989 Jeep. Like this thing was on its last leg. I don't know how it was still riding with us. And I'd be at a red light or the light would turn green. And I'd go and right after, I, as I took my foot off the gas, it just stalled completely. And then the light's about to turn red again and traffic's coming. So I put my car and everybody like in the car is like, and I'm just like, but I made it out, but we made it out and we're alive. So like, you know what I'm saying? It's just a funny story now, fortunately. That's another one. Um, uh, wait, I gotta, that, the stopping in the middle of the intersection, like, my dad probably gonna listen to this and be like, what was y'all on? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, that happened for sure. But um, I think that's, that's a good example, though, of proper friendship, because our kind of implicit rule is, well, hell, she's driving us. I don't give a damn how good this car is. We all in this car. She's offered to drive us. I'm not complaining. We, hey, just chalk it up to the game. Yep. And like I said, we made it. So like, you know. Oh, I've got so many memories though, Kyler. Honestly, I can probably go down. Like there were times we would just like go to the beach and hang out. Mm -hmm. um, there was this one time, oh, we were about to go to, um, to um, Claire had a birthday party. Mm -hmm. And I was driving, of course, you and Isaiah, and I think it was around Father's Day. And so you mm -hmm. went to get a hat. Mm -hmm. Well, where you go to get your hat, Kyler, from, for your dad? <laughs> I don't know Down, why you're bringing this story up, but Downtown yes. Eaglewood. <laughs> Me, you, Isaiah. Kyler, what you wearing, Kyler? You weren't a bunch, all... a bunch of blue. Blue. A bunch. Because I didn't think we was going to be out. I know what, I don't know what the situation was, but because I had my free fame hoodie for my brother and that was all blue. Then I had like some blue shoes on and we got pressed right outside the hat store. But but not even just that. What was Isaiah wearing? Probably all, I'm pretty sure he wasn't wearing all red. That was his favorite color. I wouldn't be shocked. Yo, the way we were walking down Inglewood like that, I was like, I didn't even think about it. And then we got pressed. And so we got out that situation when he was like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like what y'all... And you were like, nah, we don't bang. We got out of there immediately. Um, Adventures in high school, man. <laughs> yeah. And I could, like I said, I could go on between breakfast and all that and homecoming. And yeah, so you got lots of memories, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, so many memories. I'm just always curious what people remember because some people remember absolutely nothing. And I have a pretty strong memory. So I'll bring up some random stuff and people are like, oh, that happened? Like, yeah. Because like you said, there was just so much just we need to waste some time. So it's like, well, we go to school in the South Bay. Why not go to the beach real quick? It's right here. <laughs> Literally, like that was honestly probably one of my favorite memories is just like being able to go to the beach before class, like on a late start day or just like, uh -huh. has, you know, her summer school that starts at eight. I'm not till 10. So we could just go to the beach or um, I think you taught me how to play chess, which I forgot. You taught me how to play chess once or like. We watched Eight Mile together for the first time. Like all these little memories that I'm just like, man. What a time. What a time. But I did not realize that when we recorded that song that that was your first time recording. I don't think I ever knew that. Practice? The one, the little. Yeah. 
practice was the first time I had ever recorded anything in my life, like ever. Like I've never written anything to record until that. Wow. So that was a big moment. Wow. So listeners, just to paint the scene, this is literally right. I think it was like right before summer school, sometime in the summertime. And we're like recording just on a little laptop computer over the beat practice by Drake. And I still think it was low key a little bop. Like we we probably... I think we was working with something there. I, I still have the file somewhere, I know. But yeah, that was a really good time. I'm honored that I you you chose me to be the first person to hop on the track with. Hey, I didn't choose you. I feel like it just happened. Like it wasn't even like, you know what I mean? It was so natural. And I just remember, I think we were at your granny's garage, like that setup that you had. I'm pretty sure it was over there. It was just so natural. I hadn't even like thought about it. It just was like, oh, you know, let's just see what this turned out to be and we made it happen but I think that's a that's a firm transition to talk a little bit more about how you blossomed into like a full musical artist after that moment I'd like to take full credit for all your career now no I'm just kidding (laughs) um but eventually there was a birth of obsidian gold and Mm -hmm. so from granny's garage in the backyard of just in Los Angeles near Jesse Owens Park. Uh, just thinking about stuff like that, I was like, damn, we really got out the mud sometimes with what we had. Um, but so my first question was gonna be, how did you get started? We found out how you got started, at least recording. But when did you come up with the name of Obsidian Gold and really start to sing and produce your own music? Well, it wasn't like anything too deep, like a lot of artist names, right? Um, I just remember being in the African-American Student Center my freshman year of college. It's probably like a year after we had done that. And I had created a Tumblr account and that was the thing back then. And I just needed a name. It was nothing deep. I was just like, ooh, Abyssinian. Like Abyssinia, if people don't know, was like the former name of that Eastern Africa, Ethiopia way long ago and so I was like okay Abyssinian I liked gold Abyssinian gold gold from the like you know I'm golden like whatever right and so I think eventually I had turned my Instagram to Abyssinian gold and then when I started making music with my friends I was like all right this is cool it sounds cool let's just stick with it so that was it yeah I mean like you said, it doesn't always have to be too deep, but I think it's definitely a very fitting name for you. And so what was the first song that you put out as Abyssinian Gold? Um, I believe the first song that I put out was Gold. Yeah, that was the first song that I put out. That was a lot of fun. And it wasn't even the song that I liked, which is kind of crazy. Really? What didn't you like about it? I didn't like the song at all. Like, I remember... Um, so in college, we had a friend, I met these guys who would like make music, you know, on their laptops, they had mics and stuff, and they lived in this house down the street. And so people would just always hang out there. And once they realized I sang, we just started making music, like they would make beats and I'd be like, Ooh, can I hop on this? And so I wrote the song, recorded it along with like four others that I ended up dropping later. And they were like, nah, this gotta be the first one. And I'm just like, <laughs> this can't be it. Like, it's not that good. Like, I don't know. It just felt a little corny to me. It felt just kind of predictable, but I'm glad I listened to them because that song did really well. 
compared to some of the other ones I dropped later. Um, and it kind of makes sense, right? With the title and the name of the project, like it was just a good, a fitting like marketing, you know, thing. So that was the first one that I dropped, yeah. And you also have one of my favorites, literally just one of my favorite songs, period. Like I still listen, I listen to your music faithfully. Like I'm still a fan. So if you see like yeah. uh, one monthly listener on Spotify, it's me. But I put people on, so you might have like a few monthly listeners on Spotify. Mm -hmm. uh, but Anxious, that is one of the greatest songs ever put to record, in yeah. my opinion, at least. I just, I rock with it. Like I got that on a few playlists. Like when I need to just mellow out or chill, Anxious is for sure going on. So uh, mm -hmm. talk to the listeners a little bit about Anxious. Like I don't even know if it's a song you like, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do like that one. It isn't my favorite, but it is a song that I like. And that's the song that did the best of all the, I didn't drop too much music, but of all the songs that I had dropped, that one has definitely gotten the most attention and streams and all that. Um, So like many college students, I was very stressed <laughs> out. And it was kind of, college was when I really started first experiencing like anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, mostly like, classes and just life and doing things that I feel like just kind of made me more stressed out and so I don't know I just remember I remember my friend I think what he, he started with like a few like the drums or something like that and then he was like all right here's a piano like put something down and I was like "Ooh, mm -hmm. never done this I haven't played in a while and so I put a couple chords down and when it comes to the way I, I write I always need some type of music first. And I just kind of write mm -hmm. after that. Like, it came to him like, oh, I want to write a song about anxiety or how I'm feeling. It just happened. And so, um, yeah, it just really described the pressures that I was feeling. And I think even in, in the song, I had mentioned like, just being so stressed out and my parents are rooting for my future. They just want to see me doing well, but it's like, it's fucking with my mood. Like, yeah, they just want to they just want to see me succeed but all that's just stressing me out honestly and so it was it was me telling myself to just relax while venting about how stressed I was so yeah I feel that song although I don't listen to it I don't like listening to it I feel like I hear all the imperfections now you know it's because you're an artist like no matter what like that's just that's just going to be at your core like there's, yeah. I can barely listen back to my podcast, let alone like if I was putting out music. Like, I think there's just something about the perfectionism in us. Like, mm -hmm. you're going to point out what's flawed about the song, but I, I don't see any flaws in it. <laughs> I love that. I appreciate it, man. That's great to hear as an artist. So, thanks. Yeah, I think I even had texted you one time, probably like a few months ago, because I was hanging out with someone and they were playing it because they had heard me play it. I was like, oh, I'll put you on to have Cindy and go. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else? My cousin Brooke had told me that too. Like, one of his friends had like posted my music. And this was like kind of recently. And I was like, mm. it's just, it still is wild to me that there are people out there who listen to my music still. Like, that was in like 2015, 16. Like, I wasn't recently, you know? Yeah. Well, I at least know a couple of friends who I know will probably listen to this podcast who faithfully like listen to your music. Like, I think it was one time we hung out that I posted. It was either we were hanging out and I posted you on my story or I posted like a throwback picture from high school and someone like DM me was like, oh, tell her that I still listen to 
her music that you put me on to. I'm like, look, look at y'all supporting the homie. <laughs> yeah, I need to drop something. I, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I love that though. I appreciate that. San Diego showed me a lot of love, especially after I performed that Black expression. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about that too or bring up that memory. So uh, mm-hmm. this was back in probably around like 2000, what? What was this like 2017, 2018? Yeah, I just, I think I just hit you up. I was like, hey, how do you feel about featuring at this open mic that I helped put on? And you came to San Diego, you brought your keyboard with you and you put on a show. Like, I think at that time, especially because Black Expression was still growing, like that was a pretty like serious performance for us. And you you did a great job. People was vibing. I had a great time. Like, yeah, that was a good night. Yeah, that was was really spontaneous because you know San Diego's not that close but it's not that far and I was like you know what let's just do it um and there are still people that remember that performance I ran into this girl recently and she didn't really remember me and then but she just a very memorable person and I was like oh I think I follow you still like I think we've met in San Diego like so she's like oh yeah you're the one that that day (laughs) and I was like dang y'all still show me love in San Diego like that one night I think I did maybe like two or three songs that was so much fun yeah I love that so what I'm hearing I've heard a couple of things so far in this podcast one you need to drop some new music and two you need to come back and uh remix the performance in San Diego even if it's just at the open mic you don't got a feature but maybe you just come to the open mic get on a mic real quick sing a song oh man I, okay, when it comes to dropping music, it's not even that I don't have anything. It's that that perfect perfectionism we were just talking about, where, you know, back then I didn't really hear it. And now I hear it even more. And like, when you don't have a community of people around you who are constantly like, if I had you and my, my the friends I used to make music with around me doing this, it'd be so much easier. But it's just like, yeah. I don't know, I feel like I can drop it. And like, performing... Maybe I'd do like a song, you know what I mean? Just like for fun. But I I will say, I loved making music a lot more than I love performing, if I'm being honest. Mm. No, that's real. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm being completely like, I'm not a dancer. I'm not like, you know, I have personality, but I'm not just someone who just enjoys entertaining a crowd. So like the creative process was always my favorite. That's what I miss the most, but you know we'll see eventually I'm, I'm well, not take us behind the go. huh take us behind the curtain a little bit what is that creative process like for you like what do you like about the process of creating music well I love I loved being with a group of people creating I loved kind of like bouncing ideas off of each other especially with other people that I respected uh, musically I had a couple of friends that could sing or could rap or produce and being in the same room as these songs were being created. Like, I loved coming up with a melody and then somebody else being like, ooh, I like that. But what if you sing it like this? Or ooh, mm. what if you put this on top of like, what if you put harmony here? Like that process to me was so, I don't know, it was just so exciting. I, I just love, I think I love creating in general. And yeah. now it's kind of taken forms outside of music, but just, coming up with like random ideas and putting them together and making something beautiful is something I 
enjoy the most more than like putting it out there for other people to criticize and judge it's just like making it you know no I definitely vibe with that um just how much thought goes into the creative process and putting out those final products and the edits the thinking through how to make things better and clearer no I hear you on that for sure well once I move back to Los Angeles, we're going to get the creative circles going. We're going to get writing time. We're going to go to open mics. We're going we gonna to put you back on. We're going to put you back oh, on for sure. But I need you to come perform in San Diego. <laughs> just take like a weekend vacation in San Diego, Black Expressions on Fridays. Just stop by, get on the mic for five minutes, sing Anxious oh, real God. quick. Oh, my God. Anxious. <laughs> you I, can sing I, whatever you want, but that would be my request. That's your request. Okay. I'm not, like I said, I'm not completely like against it. I'm just like, I think about it a lot more and I'm a little more hesitant than I used to be. But yeah, that's that's totally up, fair. I might take you up on that. I'm not gonna lie. We, we don't have to talk more. Yeah, we'll for sure talk more just because like hearing you talk about like the importance of community and creating and how like valuable it is to have people encouraging you to continue putting out your product or affirming the things that are good about your product and saving us from the perfectionism sometimes I think just having other people yeah. to bounce things off of is really impactful and that's what I love about the art community in San Diego and what I've seen in LA sometimes too but obviously living in San Diego right now is that you could go perform at an open mic down here and somebody will just spot your gifts right away and be like hey I need a song with you here's my email like let's put some things together because I, I could definitely think of some rappers in San Diego who could use your vocals on a track. Like, we'll get this whole thing popping. Like, this is a podcast episode, but I'll turn this to your agent real quick. Hey, like I said, we, we going to see. We going to see. I'm, yeah, I'm we going to see. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. But I still have my hesitation. So I'd like of to. Course. I don't know. Kind of divided. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. It's, it's all open, but... I definitely just appreciate you sharing some of the the behind the scenes of your creative process, some of those hesitations, some of those times where there might be doubt, because I think that's a real authentic look at the creative process, because I feel like people see people put out songs or put out media content, whatever it may be, but don't really give a lot of reverence for all the things that go into that. And just mm -hmm. how often as artists, we self-critique or constantly think we need to be doing better when hey you're an artist of music out and we you started at my grandma's garage <laughs> literally like I didn't my plan wasn't to be you know a huge artist it was just something I was doing for fun and then naturally you know the pressure comes back but um it was definitely it's definitely an experience that I do not regret and some of my proudest moments have come from making music if I'm being honest with you so I I don't regret any of it I love that and so outside of your history making music, uh, currently working life, corporate America, what else do you like to do for fun or what keeps you going these days? Hmm. So these days I spend a lot of time with friends when it comes to like, I like, I like going to like museums. So I've been going to mm. a lot of museums, specifically like contemporary, modern type of art, abstract type of art museums. Um, I also really just love being around nature. So I've been, you know, doing some hikes or I love being by the beach. Well, I don't do that as much as I used to. Um, and hanging out with my cousins, like I go out quite a bit still, like, you know, partying, <laughs> but 
more so in the summer. I feel like these days I've slowed down and kind of been doing more things in the house or like during the day. Um, I'm much more of a day person than I am a night person, if I'm being honest with you. I always like, mm. sleep early, wake up early type of person. Yeah, um, I, f- I feel like that's what made us friends, though, being early birds. Like, yeah. you someone I could probably hang out with at 7.45 in the morning and we'll be straight. No, nah, literally, like, I've, I've kind of always been like that. Yeah, I remember you you were the exact same way. So, um, you know, as soon as it gets dark, especially with this time change, man, I really hate the time change. Like, I'm still mourning the end of summer, like, summer being over. And so, yeah, I'm actually low-key ready to sleep. I feel that. I just looked outside and saw how dark it is. I was like, dang, like, what time uh, is it? It's only 6.50, though. Crazy. It's crazy. Depressing. But, yeah, so, yeah, I'd say that's what I like to do. Nothing too. I kind of want to build up some more hobbies. Music used to be something I really got involved in, but since that slowed down, like, I've been trying to find other ways to be creative, even, like, painting. That's kind of something I picked up in the last couple of years. Um, I got a lot of plants. Um, I like thrifting, but really it's museums. Museums was what I've been doing a lot recently, like art museums. Yeah. yeah, I love a good museum. Do you have a favorite museum that you visited in your lifetime? Hmm. I don't know that I have a favorite. The recently I've been hitting um, Hauser and Worth. I think I told mm-hmm. you about it. Yeah. Um, arts district that I've been hitting a lot recently. Um, there's this other place it's called UTA Artist Space um and that place is dope too they have they've had a couple of really dope black artists that i um really appreciated and so that's those are probably the two that i've been hitting the most yeah well as we transition to the tell half of the podcast just a few more questions i want to ask for people to get a more well-rounded picture of who you are as a person, as an artist, as a creative, as an individual. Uh, so first things first, who are some people who inspire you and or influence you? Oh God, who are some people that inspire me or influence me? You know, this is kind of corny, but it's the truth. When I think about the people who inspire me, who influence me, I often think about like my family. My parents, my mom, uh, my cousins. I think those are the people who inspire me the most, um, especially because of their journey to this country and you know all the work that they've put into creating the life that they have today and the stability that they've been able to provide for me and my sister. Um, I think it would be my mom and my dad. I love them and yeah they inspire me all the time they live really simple lives they're not like rich you know what I mean but they do well enough for themselves and they're like just very like stable reliable loving people and so I I have to see my parents yeah I don't think there's anything wrong with that I don't think that's corny at all (laughs) okay I don't know I want to say something deep like you know some figure some political you know activist mm. or something but um truthfully it's probably my parents yeah yeah I mean for me I think that's just as big as some like big influential political activist because yeah these are the people that raised us that allowed us to have the lives that we have like give us the privileges that we had in high school so 
Oh, shout mm-hmm. out to the parents. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, love them. Uh, where can people find you online? How can people support you? If we want to tap in with the yeah. goat. Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Abyssinian Gold. Think about this name, it's so hard to spell, but it's A B Y S S I N I A N Gold. So Abyssinian Gold on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr, if you're still there. <laughs> Are people still on Tumblr? Or do people actively use Tumblr? Now and then I'll get on it, and I see people still kind of like reposting or whatever. Um, but not as often. Yeah. Well, luckily your social media will be on the video, will be in the description. So people ain't got to remember how to spell it. Cause I know every time I look at you up on IG or something, I have to like, look like a couple of times, like am I spelling this right? Cause it's all the S's and the I's and I, should but have, I, I, I got it. Yeah. I should have thought about that. I didn't think about that when I created the name, but whatever. It is all good um takeaways from this episode and when I ask this question I mean is there anything that you're taking away from this episode as well as what do you hope our listeners take away from the episode Hmm. the takeaway that I have from this episode is to reconnect with people that you haven't connected with in a while Mm. it's just like a quick conversation because I feel like this reminded me of like so many moments that mean so much you know especially in my high school experience um and yeah I don't know sometimes I think it's easy to kind of be in your head and be like oh you know we haven't talked in a while or oh I'm sure they're fine or whatever but like actually I I appreciate that you like really reached out and made this you know happen and so I think that's a takeaway that I have um, from this episode for sure what about for the listeners what do you hope they took away Hmm. What I hope listeners take away is that one, it's okay to take a step back from something that, you know, kind of defined you. I feel like music really was a big part of my life and I was kind of scared to take a step back and, you know, I might come back to it. I think it's okay to just kind of go with the flow and not put so much pressure on yourself. Um, and you can be, you can reinvent yourself and you can be someone completely, like the person I am now is not who I envisioned myself to be five years ago. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not, you know, sad about the fact that my music career didn't, you know, I have my moments where I'm just like, ah, oh, I wish I would have, but I'm still okay. I'm good with who I am and what I've done. So um, yeah, don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. I think that's wonderful advice because I think especially in the society that we live in now, everything's so fast paced and production based that everybody always feels like if they're not producing or doing something and keep going and going and going that they're like failing at something. But I think that these things are always a part of us, are always a part of our stories and they're a part of how we see the world, which is why when we were talking about doing the podcast, like I was like, yeah, I acknowledge that maybe you're not actively putting out music right now, but your music has impacted people. You've had a career as a musical artist, and that's a story that deserves to be told and that people will continue to learn and appreciate from. And like you said, I'm my life goal now is to get you back performing. Oh, not my life goal, maybe, but it's a goal in life. Yeah. Um but regardless, like, I just thought it would be nice to just be able to talk with you, hear more about what that part of your life was like, and just 
where you're at now, because there's somebody listening to this who maybe they used to do something and might want to pick it back up, or maybe mm-hmm. somebody's, I'm hoping that somebody's listening to this and they have a newfound appreciation for a part of their life that maybe they haven't given a lot of thought to recently. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Great conversation. And I don't know, it has me thinking a little bit more too. So I will say, I can see it on your faces. The gear is turning. See, this is why we yeah, got to touch bases for it. Y'all might hear some new music, so we'll see. Hey, if you put, out, you put out some new music, I'll, I'll take the feature for you. I'll, I'll return the favor. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> uh, but then the last question I have for you, any recommendations for our listeners? And the, these recommendations can be in the form of books, podcasts, movies, songs, just anything that you would recommend that our listeners tap in with, either to get to know you at a deeper level or just something that you think everybody needs to experience in their life. Mm, okay. Recently, I've been listening to, and I feel like a lot of people have, but um, Cleo Soul, you know Cleo Soul? Mm-hmm. Okay, she dropped two projects. My favorite is Heaven. I love it front to back. You've heard it. You know that it's good. Um, so there's that. Um, this is not really anything too deep, but I like a lot of true crime podcasts. Mm. So you want to know? I am one of them. So <laughs> between uh, oh, actually, I'm gonna shout out a black one that I love. It's called Sisters Who Kill. Y'all should listen to it. Uh, Every Friday, it drops two black girls to talk about uh, murderesses, black murderesses, but they're really good. Um, and hmm, what have I read recently that was good? Oh, I just finished a book. Um, I read that Bell Hooks book. Um, mm-hmm. All about love or a different one? About, all about love. That was really great. So, um, yeah, those are my recommendations. Uh, going back to the True Crime podcast, are you one of those that like listen to that on your like morning commute or something, going to work? You listen well, to it around the clock. I listen to podcasts more than I listen to music. I do too, for sure. Uh, every day, I have a schedule. On Mondays, it's Crime Junkie. Thursdays, I got uh, uh, something was wrong. Um, on Fridays, I got Sisters Who Kill. Like I have, that's all I listen to. So yes. Uh, no, we definitely in the same, but I literally have my podcast to drop every day of the week. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. waiting on my pod to drop before I get in the car. Let me see what episode I'm listening to. Yeah. Uh, I'm not on the the crime podcast wave, though. Like, it was funny last year, I think it was last year, maybe even two years ago, I was on the East Coast visiting Lisa and we were driving up to New York and she was listening to Crime Junkies on the drive. And I'm like, y'all just drive and listen to people. Yes. Like, faithfully i i binged it when i first came across it yes i can listen to i can fall asleep to it actually it's That's it's like wild. it's twisted i know it's twisted but there i think there's like some psychology behind why a lot of women are into it but it is what it is i like it maybe i need to start my own true crime podcast no nah, I'm, I'm not i'm gonna stick to interviewing people who haven't committed crimes to bring the Lakers into it, maybe. You know what I'm saying? I know you like the Lakers. The Lakers and poetry into, I don't know, I'm just talking, but it would be unique, you know? It would. Um, I, I'm just not a true crime person. I just, that's not what I want to listen to when I'm on my way to work or falling asleep, like, oh, no, 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 I'm not listening to that while I'm about to fall asleep. Oh, yeah. I literally am listening to that all the time. So, 
I feel it though. I know it's kind of weird. <laughs> hey, no, to each their own. It's not weird. It's completely, completely normal for a lot of people. Just not my cup of tea. Um, but Marilyn, this has been fantastic. I appreciate being able to catch up with you as a friend. Like I said, this podcast is really meant to be a conversation with old friends at the end of the day. And it's just really nice to be able to sit back and reminisce on just different facets of our shared experiences. Like, I know we spent so much time making out of high school, but even I don't consciously think about like, oh, those mornings where he goes to the beach. So like you said, just those little moments of reflecting back, like, huh, like those were simpler times when we just wake up got 45 extra minutes and might go to Burger King, might get some cookies, might go to the beach. Like the life was our, our, the world was our oyster. Like it was such a small part of the world, but it was, it was great. I miss it. But yeah. Glad to, you know, relive those memories for this last one hour. Absolutely. Uh, but the, of course. And the last thing I have is just turning the mic over to you. Any shameless plugs, any shout outs, any manifestations that you have as we close out this episode? Um, hmm. I don't know. I guess, hey, if you haven't already listened to my music, um, listen to it. Um, you can find yeah, a what lot. platforms is it on? So most of my, but my first few drops were just SoundCloud. Um, I have some samples and stuff, so I didn't want to it's kind of complicated to drop it on Apple Music and all that, but I do also have music on Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube, all that. I have one music video on YouTube. So if you just type up my name between um, SoundCloud and whatever your streaming service is, you'll find all my music there, those two places. Yeah, so take a listen and let me know what you think. If you like it, message me. Yeah, if you like it, which you will, like, there's definitely going to be at least one song that y'all vibe with. Like, I'm telling you, Anxious can go on any playlist. Like, maybe not, like, no Ratchet Turno playlist, but any definitely. type of chill vibe playlist. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> but nah, you're right, you're right. A lot of people have shown me love for that one, so that's probably a good place to start. Yeah, Anxious, The Introspect is another one I always got on loop. Like, I'm telling you, I'm a fan. I'm a real fan. I need merch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> listen we we gonna see about that let's just get a song first another song maybe nah, I, feel I feel you yeah throw the maybe on there on the record but uh listeners uh thank y'all for tuning into this episode of the banquet hall podcast if y'all are not already subscribed make sure you hit that subscribe button follow the banquet hall pod on social media at banquet hall pod and ooh, I haven't, oh no, I did say this the last podcast I recorded, but it goes without saying again, for those of y'all who stayed all the way to the end of this episode, the Banquet Hall now has an official part of a website. I bought me a new domain, thefourthkyler.com. So if y'all go to thefourthkyler.com slash BHP, you will see the Banquet Hall podcast. I'm creating pages for each of the guests I've had on the pod. So really excited to continue to work on that. Uh, bringing just a lot of different ways for people to engage with the content and have like a main place for links to people's music, to people's social media profiles. So yeah, the fourthkyler.com slash BHP, check that out. Thank y'all for tuning into this episode and we will catch y'all next time.